0: A life, whistle. The we were able to uh, less and less and in
1: less that Springfield, is Illinois, this week, uh, quote, Todd, Tamara, Sarita, and I, uh, with, I said, uh, the, for the Midwest Leadership Conference with for the Southern Baptists, and, uh, assets, and there is some great there music. But Matt, our team—I mean, they were good. But I really—I'm gonna—I'm gonna talk to the guys, and uh, I want to get you guys out there. you will uh, bless their socks off. We were blessed, but uh, you guys blessed me more. Uh,
0: I—I—I I, I, I,
1: didn't—I didn't look at the bullet, and. Uh, Shame on they me, because uh, I live with, with it, the person that they don't need, prints it out. <laughs> they don't but one no thing, just to reiterate, I want you to pray for uh, Keith's hand, dad, uh, that's Ray Gideon, uh, 5% of his heart's worth. They're not going
0: to be able to start Social Security at the soonest for at least seven years. So they're going to need a big chunk out of their nest egg for a minimum of seven years. <laughs> so their
1: well, he's not going to be running any marathons. So uh, younger, pray for the pray for the whole to Gideon clan, and everybody, the, conservative uh, investments because uh, the nieces, to need to draw youngins, and
0: Keith's olders, and, of and uh, of so uh, pray for our, our church family as well, because some of some so of I them I are, really some of us are sick and uh if i don't shake your hand i'm not being i'm not being this standoffish. Much i don't it i just much. i don't want to get ready it doesn't it, ready. it doesn't work that way at all i can't get rid of this thing
1: half-hearted and hating it
0: individualizing uh, early individualized experience particularly when it comes to
1: how you know oh, oh 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 can we make that bigger make sure like life that, size uh, your money lasts that little one on the on the left there that, there that no stop those guys yeah area is that's little Johnny. Actually, you know, it's uh, it's a Sawyer, a John uh, swim, and uh, he is one so have little kid. I haven't got to hold him yet, have the uh, but uh, I sure've been Another loving him on the pictures. I and that, and that's uh, Caleb and Tatum and down big for down down. Or up. The other, day 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 yeah, day uh, the those money are the aside, great the other great grandkids. Calvin and Genevieve. She is a little says, Wait a minute. You know, I, I know you guys got grandkids too, and why aren't you showing ours? Because I'm the preacher, and I asked you guys to do it. So until I thank you. Thank you very much for doing that for me, Jeff. Um, Judges 1, for 1 through That's 2, 5. Really you know, exactly many, many times really we're not overcoming the weaknesses so in our lives and inhabiting the land, as it were, the things that God has given us. Uh, because uh, it, the, the, the same ex- that we're doing the same excuses that Israel had uh, for not taking the land. And, and we need to learn how to inhabit our inheritance. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. The book of Judges begins with a series of victories and defeats that took place after the death of Joshua. And the boundary lines for the 12 tribes have been determined before the people... Uh, uh, had, had, uh, the twelve tribes had been determined before the people had had fully claimed their inheritance by defeating their, uh, the and then dislodging their the inhabitants of of that land, so when Joshua was an old man, $3 million today. the Lord came to him, and and I mean this is this is, is this is something. <laughs> Joshua thirteen one. So when Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, "You're growing old. Now look in the mirror, bud. You are older than dirt." And, and much land remains to be conquered. 15, so he wasn't in a place, you know, it, it, it's, he was told what to do, and they didn't do it. And yet Joshua and Caleb are the two guys that uh, really were, were charged with taking the land. Caleb did what he, he was told, and Joshua was to lead them, and it just it didn't quite pan out that way. The people of Israel owned the land, but they didn't possess it, and therefore they couldn't enjoy it at all. It's like you own a house, but you got to kick the renters in, the squatters out, before you can go in and enjoy it. And so I think there's a lot of Christians like that. God's given them their inheritance, and He's blessed them with abundant, victorious life, but they're not enjoying what they possess. They're still bogged down with all kinds of sins, sins, with bad attitudes, with wrong actions, emotional scars of the past. You're bogged down with that. So if you're a believer this morning, it's time that you clean out the junk in your life that you've been carrying around for years. Clean it out, kick it to the curb, bag it, tag it, let the trash man have it. that kind of rhyme that wasn't intentional see Jerry it does rhyme the reason Israel was told to move in and conquer the land was so they wouldn't fall under the pagan influences that were in the land and it wasn't because of some kind of ethnic cleansing it wasn't it wasn't for vengeance it wasn't for economical reasons it was for spiritual reasons God was protecting the nation for the coming of the Messiah Jesus Christ And so unless Christ was born there wouldn't be any hope for any of us today Unless Canaan was cleansed of its idols, Israel would never, ever remain faithful to God. And the same is true of us. Unless we receive Christ as our Savior, if you're here today and you have never done that, you need to remove those things out of your life. We call them idols. And unless those idols in our lives are removed, we're never, ever going to be able to, be to remain close to God. So, if you're a Christian and you have all this stuff in your life that you're putting before God, you know money, position, power, car, house, kid, family, great grandkids, all of that, if unless we remove those off the throne and put Jesus Christ back on the throne, we are never going to remain faithful to God. So he wanted Israel to take the entire land of Canaan, but instead of clearing out all the idols, They only got rid of them, some of them, and they lived with the rest. We'll get rid of the obvious ones, the ones that are, you know, the troublemakers. But we're going to let these other little guys hang on. They're not causing any problem. And really, the the people are good cooks. So we're not going to kick them out. So they didn't fully obey God, but they didn't fully reject Him either. Half-hearted. And as they were going to, see, and as we're going to see, they they grow to absolutely hate them, half-hearted, and hating. Them. And I think that's where a lot of people are today. They they're not really rejecting God, but they're really not all in either. Halfway discipleship has never been acceptable to God. He He wants all of our life, not just some of it. He wants lordship over every area, not just parts that we want to give Him. You know, it's like we're a house, and in our house we have we have all these rooms, and Jesus comes to dinner, and we give him the grand tour, and he's looking at our living room, and looking at the family room, and looking at all the fine furniture, and say, Jesus, have a seat, and we're going to get you some refreshment, and he says, no, I want to see the rest of your place. So we give him the grand tour, and there's a little closet off to the side that's got a padlock on it. And Jesus says, "Well, what's what's in there? I want to see what's in there." And 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 we, no, 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 no. no you, you don't want
0: it. You don't want it. And Jesus says, "Yes, I do."
1: And well, I, there's one. I want to show you the, the man cave. And so you go down there, and, and he says, "But what about that closet?" He says, "No, no, I want to I want to show you uh, Sheila Shechet." So they go out, and and you know it burns up, and Jesus says. It burns up and she's calling the... No. So he says, what is in that closet? And you open it up. And that's where all the stuff, the idol, the, the things that keep us from enjoying the total, the, 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 the total relationship with, with him. We keep there. Well, why don't you clean that out? And so do you have a closet in your life? Because if you do, you're serving God half-hearted, and you, you, you go by that in that closet, and you say, you know, I hate that. Clean it out. So Judges chapter 1 tracks the successes and failures of, of the tribes of Israel, and they, and they they attempt to implement God's plan, and they start out pretty good. And they ask for God's guidance, and then verse 1, they says, which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? Who's going to engage the enemy first, God? And, and the Lord answered, Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. Okay, the tribe of Judah is up to bat first. Almost immediately they fail to obey. You know, have you ever walked into a room after you've heard this, this huge crash? And you go in, and here's the, 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 the base that, that has been passed down for, for decades. Smashed to smithereens. here are the kids standing around there looking innocent but they're guilty. And you ask them, what happened? Who did this? And they shift the blame to their invisible little brother, I don't know. I don't know! And they want to cover themselves. And so when you ask each one separately what happened, you get totally different stories, don't you? So that's what's happening here. In Judges 1, we hear the account of what happened from the Israelites' point of view, but later on in Judges 2, we're going to see what really happened from God's point of view. So, so Israel's version is full of excuses, why they fail. Let's call them the, the, the excuses for defeat. And the first one is found right here. It's the common sense excuse. Have any of you ever read The Art of War by Sun Tzu? It's, it's, uh, uh, it's, I, I, I want to use that someday and preach through it. Um, Sun Tzu was a, was a Buddhist. There's nothing Christian about it. But, but he was a brilliant military strategist, 544 to 496 B.C., and he wrote this. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will fail in every battle. You have to figure out how many of them there are compared to how many troops you have. You have to find out what their weaponry is and decide whether you can encounter what they have. And it makes perfect sense. So Judah is sizing up the enemy, and they decide, whoa, we need some help. So they ask the neighboring tribe, the Simeonites, for help. And it sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? Hey, we're going get, to get our tails kicked, and, and we don't have enough people we don't have the right kind of weaponry, so let's ask the next door neighbors if they'll help us out. And God never told them to ask for help. He told them to start the fighting themselves. In fact, it was all the, he was all the help they needed. He he actually told them in verse two that it was a slam dunk. Look at Judah, uh, Judges one two. The Lord answered Judah, for I have given them the victory over the land. Before they even started fighting, God gave them a promise. I have given you victory over the land. And He's done that for us. How much clearer can that be? But it wasn't enough. They wanted some additional assurance. Listen, when we face problems and when we face temptations and challenges of all kinds, the Bible tells us in Romans 8.31, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, sure who can as be as little as possible, against can sure us? As as possible, so one so you struggle. I understand. You're waging this 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 horrendous war of family, of friends. If God is for you, who can be against you? And it's an ironclad guarantee. Yet we do the same the, the, the same human thing. We hedge our bets by manipulating and finagling, and we look for assurances from other sources rather than from God himself. If we have enough finances in the bank, we're safe. If we live in the right neighborhood, we're safe. If we go to the right church, kids in the right school, if we have the right friends, if we have the right number of likes on Facebook, we're safe. And no wonder we're not experiencing victories in our spiritual life. I'm convinced that the failure of Christians to overcome and drive out the enemies in their lives is due to the fact that they're only doing what they think is possible instead of what God says is possible. Things like prayer and faith and perseverance and trust and love. If we try to do God's work in a man's in man's way, we're eventually going to fail. Do it in under our, our own steam, we're going to fail miserably. And... and you know, you say, well, that's easy for you to say. No, it isn't easy. It's, it's, well, it is easy because I am, I am the poster boy for, for human failure. I have tried and tried and tried, and I, I, can, I can list for you the, the times that I've tried to do it on my own. God says no, and I said, we're going to do it anyway. We were, we were asked to be youth pastors a church in North Muskegon, Michigan many, many, many years ago. And they came and and Sarita said to me, she says, John, don't do it. But if you do, I'll, I'll follow you. I'll go with you. The kids will go with you. We'll, you know, we're, we'll be behind you. And, and I should have listened to it because we had a year of misery. There was also some some neat things and neat people. In fact, we, we still I still stay in contact with today. But we failed. I I we I failed miserably because I went at it the wrong attitude. I wasn't prepared. But the ego said, "Man, these guys are wanting me
0: to be their youth pastor, North Muskegon. And and so it was in the flesh.
1: And I suffered some defeat. So, if we try to do God's work in our in in, in our own way, it's going to be tough. With us. The best the, 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 even though the Israelites disobeyed His commands, God allows them to achieve, achieve some initial victories. But it's not going to last. In verses four through seven, they kick out the Canaanites and the Parasites, and they capture their king named Adni Bezek or Bezek.
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: You know it, have any of you in here, the here world saw world the movie, seen the uh, movie, The Pope of Greenwich Village?
0: See
1: Nobody saw. Um, oh. Well, I'm not recommending um, it. But, um, uh, 13, it's it's um, a it's a story uh, about life in in New York City. one of the characters, Charlie, Charlie's a con man. He's always trying to get over on people make a big buck, time. and he steals money age, from Bedbug Eddie. Uh, Bedbug is As a vicious man. And so he got Charlie, and he cut off his thumbs. And then made him serve so coffee in his, his restaurant. So what do you do? It's, it's you kind, you kind of tough not having thumbs nervous bringing nervous a cup of coffee. Well, after the victory of Israel, they immediately cut off the Canaanites, the Canaanite king's thumbs and toes. And before you feel too much sympathy for this guy, realize that by his own confession he'd already done that to 70 of the kings that he's defeated, Israel's kings. And he admits he got what's coming to him. So why in the world would you cut off a guy's thumbs and big toes? Why why would you do that? One reason, without thumbs you could never fight with a sword and you couldn't march into battle. You'd have to crawl everywhere you went you'd be unable to escape so you'd be neutralized as an enemy and reduced to a beggar living on scraps and leftovers. It kind of illustrates what happens to anybody who gets caught by Satan. We're unable to def- to, to, to fight. We're, we're, we're defeated. We get disillusioned. We get depressed. And we quit. We're reduced to begging. Lord, I didn't deserve this. Yes, you did. Lord, why did you do this to me? You did it to yourself. Lord, why did you allow this to happen? Because that was what you chose. See, we're no longer a threat to the devil when he has us on our back. But it's not the life that God's planned for those who trust and follow him. The Israelites in verses 8-10. through continue to tell their story and so from their point of view they're doing pretty good in their own power but even though they win a few battles they fail to win the war and we do the same thing let's be honest we can accomplish some pretty impressive things using our own gifts and talents we can even convince ourselves that God's with us helping us I mean look at how successful we are God must be with us right but eventually you come up against an enemy or a problem or a trial that won't budge and you can't defeat it no matter how good you are. It's bigger than you. And if you don't, you, you, if it's, if you, you don't have the gifts or the understanding or the stamina or the charisma that you need, we haven't just met our match. We've met our betters, our superiors. So, in verse 19, Judah meets meets his match and they beat him. And according to verse 19, why did they fail to drive out the people living on the plains? Because these guys had chariots of iron. Iron chariots were the tanks, the aircraft carriers of the day. If you had iron chariots, you were invincible. See, when you fight your battles with conventional worldly weapons, you're going to get beat. Satan always is going to have bigger, better guns. He's going to have but the to iron chariots. Tomorrow, so how many if you lie to get your way, you're going to eventually run into a bigger, better liar. <laughs> if you use intimidation and power to move up the ladder at work, somebody with a stronger personality and better connections is going to squash you. Manipulators and controllers always run into better manipulators and controllers. And if you use your charm to get your way, eventually someone with more charm will, do, will outdo you. So in direct contrast to their miserable defeat, in verse 20 we read, the town of Hebron was given to Caleb as Moses had promised and Caleb drove out the people living there who were descendants of the three sons of Anak. Caleb, do you remember his name? His name means raging with canine and Madness. That's
0: kind of a game
1: Caleb. Caleb. Ah! A manly man. Why in the world did that kid join the Air Force? Uh, anyway. Caleb was one of the two spies that gave a good report 40 years prior. And, and, and they were... And, and when Israel was trying to enter the Promised Land the first time. And now here he is, as feisty as ever, still defeating God's enemies. And in case you don't know, the defendants of Anak were, were giants. But an old man, so, Caleb, pensions, and his family be retiring, was able to defeat be him. Uh, be how many admittedly old mansions man are in here today? Uh, take,
0: Anybody want to say available. they're an old man? I mean, those
1: are all things Some of you, you are liars. With at the exactly. Chronologically old. What you really have to look at is, is older than 50. You Keith, get your hand Saturday. up. For and it's still so, Friday. So... The Bible is telling us, us old men, that age doesn't matter. It isn't the years, it's the miles. And if Caleb could do it at 80, you guys, us guys, we are able to do it in our age. God has empowered us to be defeaters of evil. See, men, we are to be men. We're going to have fun getting together Saturday. But you know what that is? That is a gathering of men to embrace
0: manhood.
1: We're going to see that we as a band of brothers can certainly do that in this church. Manly men. Able to do manly things. See, It's not a lack of faith that keeps us from enjoying God's victories in our life. It's a lack of our faith in His strength. Human common sense would say trust in yourself, believe in yourself, defend yourself at all costs, but common sense has its its limits. It may work for a while, but eventually you're going to have to put your trust in God's strength and God's wisdom, God's promises, or you'll go down swinging. And you may go down swinging, but you're still going down. And listen this point, from this point on it gets really ugly. The list of failures gets longer and longer. The tribe of Benjamin is next and they fail in verse 21. Judges 1, 22 through 26 The descendants of Joseph attacked the town of Bethel and the Lord was with them. They sent men to scout out Bethel, formerly known as Luz, and they confronted a man coming out of the town and said to him, show us a way into the town and we'll have mercy on you. So he showed them a way in, and they killed everyone in the town except the man and his family. Later, the man moved to the land of the Hittites, where he built a town, and he named it Luz, which is its name to this day. This tells us that the Lord was with them, but when they walked away from his plan, he walked away from them. In fact, the only way they won is because they were willing to make compromises with the enemies. We're doing it God's way. They were doing it their own way, and they started finagling. If you get us into your town, we'll spare you and your family. It's what I call the second thing, the compromise excuse. The compromise excuse. We're compromising, and it's an excuse for not having the victory. The temptation to compromise with the world is greater than ever. Instead of standing for the truth, we accept the idea that there are many truths. I told you what's true for you and I'll do what's true for me. It's called pluralism. In a pluralistic philosophy of life, believers believe anything goes. When we compromise with the world, we can never have victory over our lives when it comes to sin. And the reason for that is because we don't even admit there is sin anymore. There's a guy who is a prominent pastor who left his church and doesn't believe in hell and even suggests that sin isn't really sin. It's just kind of a thing that sidesteps the plan of God. This is called heresy. We have a modern-day heretic. So over time, the Jews became so accustomed to their godless ways of their pagan neighbors, they didn't seem sinful anymore. They became so interested in their gods that they started to live like them. That's what's happened to many Christians today. The Bible tells us in James 4.4 that the first step away from God is friendship with the world. You want to be friends of God or friends of the world? That's called compromise. And that doesn't mean you don't have non-Christian friends. We ought to. We ought to have non Christian friends. This, this Groundhog Night Day invite night. Invite a non Christian friend. We're not going to beat them over the head with the gospel.
0: They're going to hear it, that they're not going to
1: be busted up with it. It means having a non Christian friend. It means that you agree with the beliefs and values. It doesn't mean that you believe in the, in the values and belief system of your Christian friends. If Non-Christian friends. It means that you will be friendly to them. You can never be a conquering Christian if you've already become a compromised Christian. So in verse 27 and 28, Manasseh fails to drive out the inhabitants living in this land. The tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people living in Beth Shop. Tanakh, Dor, Ibelim, Megiddo, and all their surrounding settlements because the Canaanites were determined to stay in that region. When the Israelites grew stronger they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves but they never did drive them out completely from the land. We conquered you and you're going to make good help so cut the wood, stack the wood, bring the wood into us. And they should have decimated the Canaanites. It requires less effort to enslave your enemy than to drive them out. So I'm going to keep this little thing over here that's been, that's been plaguing me. And I'm going to kind of ignore it, but I'm going to keep it. Because it's not causing any trouble. And sometimes it's handy to have. And then there's the convenience excuse. Many times we don't have victory over our problems and habits. Because so we decide it's easier to live with them than to conquer them you have a habit that's plaguing you we just give up stop give up and stop trying we try to coexist with our sinful habits thinking that we can keep them in check but before what along long, what we thought was our slave now becomes our master dogs have i love, Craig's always talking about this dogs have masters. Cats have staff. You know, so, so what is what is the master of your life? If you don't believe me, just ask the millions of people who who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, pornography, uh, gambling, whatever whatever it is. Finally, in verse twenty nine to thirty six, the tribes of Benjamin. Ephraim and Zeblon, Asher and Naphtali, and Dan all failed to rout the enemies living in their territories. Proof positive Israel wasn't walking by faith and trusting God to give them the victory, but in their minds all of their defeats were plausible. I mean, how do you expect us to drive out iron chariots, God? they had their own spin on what they weren't experiencing victory. what they why they were experiencing Defeat. So, so what's your excuse? What's your excuse today? What what is that that thing that that you are doing half-hearted and you're coming to hate it? Maybe you're doing things half-hearted and it hasn't it hasn't come to you yet. That this really is something that I hate. I need to stop it. And as we read it from their perspective, we almost become sympathetic. But God has to say. Joshua 2, one The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Polkham and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Israel, Egypt, into this land, and I swore to give you your ancestors and I said, I would never break my covenant with you. God keeps his promises. And then, and then Joshua 5.9 tells us that the people made a covenant with God in Gilgal. God said, then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has, become, has been called Gilgal to this day. It's embarrassing to be a slave. It's embarrassing to be found out. So that's why
0: they are targeting that generation.
1: Sometimes we need to be reminded that God is our provider in security. So when we fail to go to Him and, and, we, and we instead seek out other gods for security—material material, things, jobs, people—God gets upset. So Jesus says to the Israelites. In, in, in Joshua in judges 2 1 through 2 the angel of the Lord that's a pre uh, 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 appearance of, of Christ before he was born The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochum and said to the Israelites I brought you out of Egypt into this land and I swore to give your ancestors <coughs> and I said I would never break my covenant with you. For your part, you were not to make any covenants with the people living in this land. Instead, you were to destroy their altars. You But, but, Jesus is saying, but, you disobeyed my command. Why'd you do it? Israel upset God by making covenants with the people of the land instead of instead of driving them out. Not, the, the purpose was to overcome the enemy, not live with them. Have God have says, no excuses, no treaties with your enemies, no coexisting with your sin, because you have my power the to income, overcome your issues. Apply that, that to, to that you, opposite. to your you life today. You have the power to overcome these things. So Israel,
0: to net out the so
1: Israel Israelite says, said, but we were unable. This, and God says, no, you weren't. You say you could not, but I say you would not.
0: I can't forgive. I can't tell the
1: truth. I can't resist. What we see as weakness, God sees as a failure to remember. Remember who He is and what He promised. Remember that we're in a covenant relationship with Him. Judges 2, 3 through 5 says, So now I declare that I will no longer drive out the, the people Holy living in your god's land. They will be thorns in your side and the gods will be a constant temptation to you. When the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they called the place Bokum, which means weeping, and they offered sacrifices there to the Lord. And there were. There's always consequences for failing to trust God with things in life that are, that are causing us problems. Always consequences. Whatever we, whenever we fail... To, to do in our lives income, that he's told us to take charge of. They become thorns that make us retire. miserable. They they take rob us retire. of our joy. Longer, They're always sticking um, us and hindering us. The, the right taxes, uh, a really market, I saw rates, a, a, a thing last night. We were watching the, the, not the, just today on you, but the show that we were trade uh, Yeah, that the, Anyway, yeah, we're senior moment here. But they go out to these junk places, they go to a flea market, and they buy this stuff, fix it up, and then try and sell it. And, and this, this, these two guys bought a ball of barbed wire. Our guys would think that's, a cool, that's cool, and they're going to make a light out of it. And I could see that. You know, guys, guys, guys do silly things like that. A barbed wire light. And every time you touch it, you got poked, you got stabbed, you got stuck. And his heart stands safe just to turn on the light. And that's what's happening with people who who embrace their sin. We're always getting stuck and hindering from living the full free life of God. God says their gods will be a constant reminder. God wants to give you victory over every of your life today, friends. He wants you to stop having being half-hearted and hating it. Half-hearted commitment and obedience will never give you the strength you need to conquer your enemies. Never, ever. He wants all of you. Are you willing to give that
0: to Him?
1: To hold back only brings thorns and snares. Are you going to trust Him?
0: be your God today, to be your provider, to be your the God of your salvation, to be your protector, to be your shepherd, to be your covenant king, are you willing to do that today? Or are you going to hang back and say, you know, John, it's too hard, I've tried, i I've tried and tried and tried. And it it just—it just doesn't work, so you know. I've
1: tried. We, we know these people, and, and we try and embrace them, to and they can, say no. Get money out today See, because you can't help.
0: Because you can I've tried. I tried. you don't know how hard I tried. We're, we're failing to live up what God has called us to do, we're failing to embrace His power. Makes sense.
1: No more excuses. To year, but you, can to you want to stop hating your half-hearted no t- life? T- ever again. Your beneficiaries now. Friends, take care of it to you, today. They can keep it in a sin. We can, your your Christian God promises. You know, if you confess your sin, and get that money out, He's faithful and just to tax-free. forgive us of the sin. wipe so the slate clean, and He did it at the cross.
0: Well, that two cross,
1: million that's another now. deal. Just look at what do you mean? What I mean is that if you do not embrace, that thing, grab onto, hold, years, and, and wrap okay. your arms around the truth of Scripture that God event. says, because my son Jesus really went to your the your cross for you, and died for you and rose again for you that you might have life eternal with Him. And you need to do that. And friend, if you haven't received Christ as your Savior today, don't let another minute pass. I'm going to pray a prayer. And remember, it's not the prayer that will save you. It is your attitude of heart. You say, John, I get it. What do I need to do? Bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, I know in a crowd this size, there's got to be somebody that doesn't know you as Savior. May this be the day, Lord, that you, through the Holy Spirit, convict this person. May this be the day, Lord, that you you reach down and in the best way that they they can understand, they would say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I've been half-hearted all my life. I ask you to come and forgive me of my sin and come into my life as my Savior. And I believe when you died on that cross
0: you died at my place that I could live with you forever. I
1: pray. if you prayed that prayer you never have before. Nobody looking around. Clip your hand up, I want to pray with you anybody, anybody thank
0: article, you. Thank way, you thank you. at
1: if you're here friend as, of your as a as That's a as a believer com.
0: today now, a that, Guys, that you said John I have, that? I have
1: I've been playing the yeah, game of I, I
0: haven't months,
1: been reading um,
0: annually kinda just depends on your situation. I want to take, take care needs. of that
1: right now and it's just like Say, Lord it's Jesus it, it come into my life and and, and help so me and go in for your take advantage of all that you have all that you have given me I wanna I wanna take that land. I wanna I wanna be victorious in the things that you have promised. Lord, remove the doubt, remove these issues, these side issues. Lord, I want to let go of them and embrace you. Lord, if if you're in if if you promised it, I'm gonna accept it and I am going to believe
0: it. I'm saved, I know it. But I'm still you know, the plagued with these the doubts. The tax code. The plagued tax with these, these things that oh, have, have kept me from um, fully serving the Lord. So that you. Lord, I want it out. I want it to go from that particular change. If you're in that place, lift your so hand. I want to pray, with, was, pray with you, Anybody? Yep. Let
1: yep. 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 so me pray with you. Father God, as we leave this place, I ask that wherever we go today, People would see us and see a difference in us. All the time. They would so say, there's something about that person.
0: Lord, may about it. we be would that you want exactly. to know about it I now, thank you for it in your precious name the